Welcome to Sound of Sanity. My name is Nathan. I am your humble and obedient host. I'm joined by two of my great friends in a new studio. We're calling it Secret Location B. It's in my basement. <laughs> <laughs> and we're, I'm joined by two rebels with a cause. I have a cause. Yeah? Yeah. What is it? Uh, recording things in Secret Studio B. That's my cause. Secret Studio B. Yep. We spent all morning making this place kind of nice. Got some sound treatments up and some lights, some good lighting going on, and Baby Yoda and Frankenstein and uh, some dude standing in a puddle. Baby Yoda, Frankenstein, and some dude standing in a puddle. The puddle is a skull. They're they're paintings. (laughs) The puddle really is a skull. Yeah, yeah. that's the point. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can't actually see it through Nathan's head, so I can only see a little bit of water on the side. I make a better window than I do. Wait. No. Better huh? door than I a make window. a better door than I do a window. Yeah, I guess he is standing in a, pulse, a skull puddle, but haven't we all? A scuttle. A scuttle. A skull puddle. By the way, I'm contractually obligated to say the following joke. I saw a skull puddle open for Jane's addiction in about 95. Huh. I don't understand at all. I, well, the skull puddle sounds like a dumb 90s grunge band. Oh, yeah. okay. You are not contractually obligated to laugh. I I will not. All right. That's fair enough. Really got to get that under contract. <laughs> <laughs> he actually, hey, he's he's a paid employee. Oh, that's true. You are contractually obligated <laughs> to laugh. You didn't write that in my contract, so. Guys, we are in a secret, top secret Studio B. It is in Evansville, which is really exciting. Me and my family, my wife, my unborn daughter are now in Evansville. And that means Church of the Kings in business, right, baby? That's right, man. Yep. We've been doing nothing until you got here. Nope. You guys have literally just been sitting on a park bench sucking your thumbs. That's right. Yeah. Which I think you could have probably made better use of the time than I, I think I think probably we could have done better over the last six months than sitting on a park bench sucking our thumbs. Hey, it's sweet. Uh, we've got a Bible study going. Yeah. And we had... Disclaimer, you guys actually did not spend the last six months sitting on the park that's, bench that's, sucking your thumbs. That's true. Yeah, we had about 40 people at Bible study on Sunday night. Two of those people were some friends, some listeners, mm-hmm. an elder and his wife from a church um, in Illinois. They drove an hour just to come say hi and be a part of our Bible study and uh, make friends and listen to all the podcasts and things. So that was really sweet and cool. Yeah, it was really nice to meet them. And it was exciting for me and my wife to meet almost everybody because you guys have a really cool group i guess we now we do we have a really cool group of people no no credit to us but we got to come in and meet everybody and the group is so big that it is actually moving out of jake's house into like a location we just every week by god's grace we keep adding people and we've been in my living room we can't have 40 people in my living room so you know this is the way that god works like in god's kindness the church offered us space in a amazing location starting next sunday that's where we'll be on Sunday nights, working towards having a service, our first service. Still a lot that needs to come together for that to happen, like music. Mm-hmm. But we're working on it. We're working on we're it. We're working on it. We're working on it. Anybody out there that loves My Soul Among Lions and the kind of work that we do um, and is musically gifted and wants to be a part of a church that sings psalms and uh, hymns and... Spiritual songs? Spiritual songs. All right. It's a, place, it's a good thing. place to be, just saying. So Yeah, cool. Evansville... Great town. Really love it. Been here four or five days, but man, they got Azip Pizza. They got Chick-fil-A. I guess lots of places have Chick-fil-A, but they have a more conveniently located (laughs) Chick-fil-A to my house. (laughs) 
<laughs> We've got my wife. All kinds of great things in Evansville. Yeah, this is <laughs> our best selling points. <laughs> <laughs> my wife, Chick-fil-A, and Asian Pizza. <laughs> Asian Pizza is kind of fun. If you don't know it, if it hasn't come to your part of the country, it's like the subway of pizzas, which I realize may not sound like that. It doesn't exciting. sound that great, actually, but... <laughs> it's good. Yeah, it's, it's good. Yeah, it's good. good pizza. And so, okay, so... The first part of this episode is sort of updating you on where we are. We're back together. You pro- hopefully won't hear any more dorky Zoom calls. Yeah, we're sorry about that. We knew for six months that we should invest in <laughs> in some remote podcasting equipment. We just never did. Instead, no. we drove. <laughs> we drove back and forth to Bloomington to record together. But and, then, and then when things happened where we just needed to do a thing, we, we just did a thing. We, we did it on Zoom with the crappiest possible set up yep yep that's what's going on we're all really excited and happy to be back together to be seeing each other on a a more than once a week basis church of the king is getting up and running and moving quickly and things are exciting so i don't know anything else to sort of check in on the lifestyles of the poor and (laughs) infamous (laughs) whoever we are (laughs) I don't think so. I, people can just pray for us. I mean, we've got people coming to stuff, and that's cool. Yeah. And we're excited about the people that are coming. There's still a lot of work to be done with people and and moving forward. So, mm. so, yeah, pray for us. Yes, please do. Yeah. In the meantime, though, we are going to be continuing to do kind of our new format on Sound of Sanity. Now, I, I do still want to get people some of those episodes, the deep dives like we did with Marxism last year. So I, I don't want people to think those are going away. But if you haven't caught on now, what is the, the, the amoeba is dividing. I've said this in other places. The amoeba is dividing. The skits and stuff are going to go over to some, a little something that I like to call a chip, which will be coming very soon, Lord willing. Cool. Also, that stuff is living over at The Ville, which mm-hmm. three new episodes of The Ville coming very soon, Lord willing. And I do mean like hopefully very. You know what? I'm not going to under promise, over deliver. I'm not going to tell you when, but I hope Quarter one. Quarter one. I think I can say quarter one. I feel like you can say quarter one. I, I, I feel like, I mean, I don't know, I'm not sure exactly when quarter one ends, but I feel like I can probably say quarter one. End of March, right? Yeah, quarter one. We'll say quarter one. All be right. patient if it's quarter two, but it ain't going to be quarter three and it ain't going to be quarter one of 2023. So, or quarter four, which comes between those two. Or quarter four. <laughs> Actually, quarter one of 2023 is a long, long way out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you make a fair point. People should be reassured. <laughs> so Yeah, no, it ain't going to be quarter one of 2047. <laughs> Today, though, we want to check in. We want to talk about old, as we record this, President Biden was inaugurated. There was quite a poem read by a woman named Amanda Gorman. I, I, think, I didn't hear it. I think the bookening should probably talk about. I'd love to get Brandon's thoughts. I don't think we're going to be able to get those in any kind of timely fashion. But I haven't looked at the poem. I just know that it was laced with like Hamilton references. and they, she, she quoted the same fig tree history has thing. Her, so... Isaiah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And George Washington references. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she wasn't quoting Isaiah. Hamilton references. She was quoting Hamilton. History has its eyes on you, Joe Biden. Yeah. You know, it's probably better than that hack by Angelou, frankly speaking. Oh. Uh, from I, I did skim it just now in the bathroom. Oh. Wouldn't be a lie to tell people that. Did you enjoy it? No. I mean, it was replete with lies about who Joe Biden is and the unity and strength and character that he's going to bring to our nation. But as a piece of rhythmic 
craftsmanship. I enjoyed it more than a lot of crap politically woke poetry. I enjoyed it more than Maya Angelou, and I enjoyed it more than Rupi Carr, and I enjoyed it more than many a woke poet. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying there's I, some craftsmanship I, in I, it. I submitted it to an incredibly low, low bar, and I said, eh, you know, maybe if this was in Hamilton, I would let it slide. <laughs> There you go. The fact that it's about Joe Biden, don't want to be controversial here, I think a slightly less inspiring topic than Alexander Hamilton. Just my two cents. Hamilton, not the greatest guy. No, 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 not the, no, I'm, I'm not arguing for Hamilton. I'm just saying he's more inspiring than the <laughs> man Joe that uh, Scott Adams calls a walking pile of pocket lint or something. Yes, that's what it was. <laughs> I saw that. That's... <laughs> <laughs> pretty good yeah yeah i try to as a christian at least be respectful of the office but i thought that was pretty funny that's pretty funny so i don't know guys we're gonna have talk be talking about this kind of stuff all well for the next four years but as long as we remain platformed so long as we remain platformed yes and we do we need to do a big deplatforming episode and there's there's lots of stuff we, we need to talk about but what kind of Thoughts do you guys have right now? Let's just get kind of your hot takes. As we go into the Biden years. Just sort of in wait and see mode and doing what I can to be sure that we're we're preparing for the future and focusing first and foremost on Church of the King and being sure that we're able to help people and disciple them and take care of them no matter what's coming. And so, yeah, that's that's mostly where my mind's at, but also it's running in the circles of, okay, where are we pivoting to, you know, when we get to plat- what happens when Apple takes us down? That sort of thing. Things we've been talking about actually f- for several years, you know, we built Sanityville, mm-hmm. our online discussion forum and stuff like that in anticipation of being kicked off social media and wanting to have a better, stronger social community for Christians. Hold steady, don't panic, trust God, and uh, be light on your feet. Yeah, the light on your feet part is something that I think we've all had to begrudgingly accept is the future. And the, what do I want to say? Something, something that's been striking to me, and maybe it shouldn't have been, maybe I should have always assumed this, but as we go into planting this Church of the King, and as we think about things on Sound of Sanity, and as we just process our culture and our Christian lives, of course, I don't know how to say this in a way that doesn't make it sound like I'm just saying the most blitheringly obvious statement, but the work of the church is all-encompassing. Yep. It actively behooves someone like Jake as the head pastor of this new church plant, Church of the King, to be thinking about protecting people's finances, for example. Yeah, I, yep. I had a really long meeting the other day with a Christian in this community who's an entrepreneur, really savvy, smart guy. He has four different companies that he started and running just about what it means to build businesses that are safe for Christians to work and to provide for their families and are insulated um, as much as possible, that sort of thing. Those are, those are some of the kinds of conversations that I've, I've been having with people. Yeah, and I think I've, resist, I've always been resistant to that sort of thing because I just associate it with the kinds of stuff that we make fun of with rapid fire. You know, like the, you listen to Rush Limbaugh and he's like, you should buy gold. So you can protect yourself. You should buy guns. So, you know, those are the ads. (laughs) I I associate these kinds of topics with the ads on conservative radio. You know, to this day, you listen to somebody like Ben Shapiro or something like that. And the people that sell stuff on his platform are 
people that are going to help protect your business, people that are going to help protect your home, people that are going to help protect your family from the apocalypse to come. Yep. And gold, crypto. Yeah, exactly. And, and some of that stuff is very not legitimate. And some of that stuff is just fine. I, I mean, I haven't even begun to evaluate if it's legitimate. I guess my feeling is, eh, I don't need to look into gold or crypto. Right but, now, that but, feels a little like maybe I should at least know. If you read about it, what you'll understand is that people have actually used it to escape Venezuela and difficult situations when the economies have tanked. It's interesting. There's a, there's a reason why there are a lot of people that want to de delegitimize it. And when, when the credit card companies are literally just denying service and bank accounts have been seized, and it's scary. And all the stuff that feels like conspiracy theory, which I can't remember which part of our conspiracy theory discussion we've had on. Maybe 0%? Maybe 0%. Well. I'm sure we've had some percent of it. Uh, on like, I, I guess so. But it's just kind of like normal to have people grabbing for more power and doing it in the most organized fashion they can if they're if they have any success mm -hmm. and then continue to try to do it more in a more organized fashion and so well the nice thing about conspiracy theories these days is you don't really need them because you know <laughs> you, can, you can go to QAnon and be like they're they're activating the serum in our brain so they can harvest it to molest our children whatever there's that stuff but then you you go to like CNN's Twitter and they're like we should deplatform every christian business and deny that it's like biden's first executive order should be to remove fox news from all cable networks yeah you, you don't you, we don't need conspiracies because they're just like, they're just saying it they're just saying it they're yeah. just straight up saying it we don't need conspiracy theories from that standpoint but what's attractive about conspiracy theories is in something like q or the nar the mm -hmm. new american revival Profits, is that what that stands I, for, NAR? I don't even know. The new wave conspiracy theories on that end are less, this is how the bad guys are coming to get us, and more, actually, the good guys are coming, and the good guys are guiding this toward a, a wonderful, amazing thing, and there's going to be judgment for all these. You, you just wait. You just wait. Just wait. Just wait. Trump's got this. It's all part of the plan, you know. Biden's going to show up and... And then Space Force is going to arrest him or something. I don't know. That does sound amazing. <laughs> I mean, that's the kind of thing that people are talking about. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and the same for the, for the prophets that prophesied that Trump would win and then prophesied that, well, actually he won, but he's faking losing because he's just gathering momentum and gathering information and it's all going to drop and they're all going to all going to be arrested and prosecuted and yeah just like they keep double down double down double down double down and that's both q and the a lot of those those profit types right and people latch onto that because they they want justice and they want a sense that their destinies are guided by unseen forces that are working <laughs> for good or evil so it's both sides of it, right? It's principalities and powers and you're, you're, divine providence and this epic thing that we can't see and can't understand, but we want to have confidence that, you know. What you're, what you're making me think of, I don't know why I didn't draw this parallel before, but you're making me think of all the false prophets we read about in Israel who are like, oh yeah, with these horns, you know, yeah. Ahab is going to gore the Egyptians, was it? And it's like, yeah, the bad guys are going down, those bad Egyptians and the false prophets are just going to keep doubling down. Part of what's frustrating to me about 
even talking about Q and how silly Q is, is there's so many people out there that just want to look cool mm-hmm. and want to look down their noses at anybody that would be attracted to be Q. Be so gauche as to be attracted to something so obviously. Yeah, and, and part of me wants to just say, oh, you mean that people in your church are hungry for some understanding of a force guiding this universe that is good, that the evil people are going to be brought to justice one day soon, and people in your churches are hungry for that? Huh. And your solution is to talk about how stupid they are? People in your church are hungry for boring, normal Christian <laughs> beliefs? And <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's also saying something about you, buddy, and what you're, what you're feeding them. Well, the fact is, mm-hmm. as you described that initially, like, people are hungry for this, people are hungry for that. I, I kind of thought, like, uh, that's what Christianity was supposed to, like, just... Satisfy. Satisfy, like, on a very basic, boring, stupid, well, like, yeah. 101 kind of level. There's a force for good. <laughs> the kingdom of God is an everlasting kingdom. It's coming, and you're part of it. Right. It's yeah. coming. It's here. It's complicated, but you're part of it. It's advancing. This is this is God, and it, it advances. It advances even while it looks like it's losing. Even while it and looks it like o- it's losing, and it always has. And right. these are things that should be taught to fourth graders, though. These are not right. like welcome to church history class. Yeah, you you must right? delve deep into the Bible to understand. God is just. <laughs> but but and it, but it is it is true that I don't think most Christians have a grid for that on on well, like a gut level, you know. Well, part of that is because of the utter devastation of 19th and 20th century evangelicalism. Like we're getting we're reaping mm-hmm. what's been sown over the last 200 years in this country, starting with the pulpits. Yeah. Starting. And it shouldn't be a surprise. You read the New Testament and you see the letters of the apostles to the churches talking to them about persecution. They're saying things like time for judgment and judgment begins in the house of God. And so we are in a time of judgment on America and it's going to begin in the house of God. It's going to begin with the people of God. And so it'll begin with real persecution of the church, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. starting with the Equality Act and probably moving into some domestic terrorism or des- uh, domestic violent extreme- extremist thing on the level of the Patriot Act, which is what people keep talking about and wanting to push. We need to learn the lessons of 9-11 that were applied to the Middle East, and we need to apply it to right-wing extremists at home. What that means is they're going to classify all of us as right-wing extremists because of basic things like believing in two biological sexes, believing in the sinfulness of homosexuality. Those are the kinds of beliefs that led to the coup. Yeah, and the church has accommodated herself to the, the pressures of culture, especially the loud voices in culture. Now that we've done our Marxism series, I continue to think about the ways that uh, cultural Marxism has waged a successful war, and we've accepted their terms. I mean, the church has accepted the terms of cultural Marxism time and again. Well, we just, so Jake just dropped into our private Sound of Sanity Slack a, something about the U.S. Bishops Conference yeah, I was just had to about hold that. back a statement mm-hmm. on President Biden becoming president after the Vatican Secretariat of State intervened and basically. Yeah, and it was a statement that some of which has been leaked and. I can read a little bit. Yeah. So, so I quote, so I must point out that our new president has pledged to pursue certain policies that would advance moral evils and threaten human life and dignity most seriously in the area of abortion, contraception, marriage, 
and gender. Of deep concern is the liberty of the church and the freedom of believers to live according to their consciences. This is Archbishop Bishop Jose Gomez. So that's that's the American bishops wanting to release a statement in the Vatican stepping in and forbidding it to be released. Right. And one of the things about the reason I thought of that when you said, when Ben was said Marxism inroads 20th century, all that, our current Pope, our current Pope, <laughs> you know. Ain't my, my Pope. Freudian yeah. slip. Ain't my, my president, ain't my Pope. My personal friend, <laughs> the king of the church, <laughs> Pope Francis, <laughs> he's an anti-capitalist. He Like Marxism, it's one of his things. He's been much stronger on big business being bad than he has been on LGBTQ stuff being bad. Actually. Yeah, and I hope it's in a, uh, we live in a really strong Roman Catholic environment. I hope it's a wake-up call to to Roman Catholics around here about the reality of the Roman Catholic Church. It is true in the 20th century, we, we could rely on you guys, I'm speaking to the Catholics now, to lead the charge culturally. And, and, and my, you know, so, so my longtime mm-hmm. barber is Roman Catholic. He's a sweet guy, and I, I think he's a Christian, because I've seen his life just be changed and transformed over the course of my, my life. But he was getting a little smug. He was like, you know, you know what's going to happen is we've got the institutional weight and the power and the money and the guts to go and take it on the chin. We'll be the ones leading the lawsuits. We'll be the ones in court. We'll be the ones providing shelter and protection that all the Protestants are just going to stand in our shadow, find refuge under the shelter of our wings. It's okay, you know, like, that's fine. That's, that's what we do. It's kind of it's our just, thing. Yeah, yeah, it's just what we do. <laughs> it's who we are, you know. And one day you Protestants may wisen up and just realize you just need to come home. I think, I think on a local level, it's true that many Catholics are still the, best, that, of, that, the that, best of conservatism that we have. A lot of that will, will still be true. But the fact is the Pope sounds like the Vatican is selling us out. Well, institutionally, so, I don't think it's mm-hmm. true. I think, it's, I think institutionally what we're going to see is big church, including the Catholic Church, is going to become hollow. It's going to crumble, insofar as it hasn't already. And what's going to happen is they're, the people that are going to take, the, take it, it on the it, chin— it, it has been for a long time, but now— Now it's just going to be obvious. And, and the collapse is just going to be—it's going to erode so quickly. Mm-hmm. Just the way that power is, is accruing and being rolled up quickly by big tech and the left, the hollowed-out shells of our— institutions, whether you want to call it big evangelicalism or the Roman Catholic Church, it's going to start to crumble and fall away, barring some act of intervention yeah, from God, which God, God can do what he wants. Uh, but but we I should think, all be helping and praying for. But I think who's going to take it on the chin, just the same way that you raise the minimum wage and little businesses are who takes it on the chin, little churches, churches like Church of the King, like the one that we're trying to found in Evansville, Indiana, we're the ones that lose our tax-exempt status then we're in big trouble financially. We're the ones that actually take it. I mean, with 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 respect to Jake's barber, actually, institutionally, the Catholic Church isn't the one that's going to suffer on some wide now. Individually, individual dioceses, individual churches, sure, of course. I'm not. I'm not saying ever. You know, the Catholics don't still have a good line in conservative morality. They they always have, and I think a lot of them still do. It'd be unfair to say otherwise. But I think. The people that are actually going to take it on the chin are people like us. Yeah. Them's the facts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If we're faithful, that will happen. One of the fun things, if you can call it fun, or one of the interesting things, at least from my perspective, is we're planning this church. We are light on our feet in that sense of like, we don't have a lot of assets 
we don't have a building. We don't have, and, it, and in that sense, we don't have a lot to lose. It puts us in a really strong position. Actually. Yeah, we can, we can stay low profile if we need to in a lot of ways. Come to Alderaan, we move to Hoth. <laughs> That's right, man. <laughs> Oh, wait, no, Alderaan got blown up. Alderaan got blown yeah. up. Where, were they, where, did, where was the rebel base? In? Yavin. Yavin. Yeah, you come to Yavin, you try to blow up Yavin, we flee to Hoth, baby. And then we flee to, where did the rebel base end up? All right. Then we just hang, hang out in space. That's right. While. We just yeah. hang out in space. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then we find our friends, the Ewoks, and yep. things really get moving. Yep. Well, the fun thing about the Ewoks as an analogy is- I never thought of I'd hear the sentence. I'm ready to hear <laughs> I, was, I was wondering if this would happen. <laughs> You end up retreating to a place, forget the Ewok betrayal, but but you end up retreating to a place where there's just a lot of natural sympathy for you and a mm. lot of rejection mm-hmm. of the empire. That's why people are leaving blue states and going to red states. That's why people are leaving their churches and planting and starting new churches or joining strong churches. That's why people are moving to Bloomington and to Moscow and all over the place. You know, maybe why some people will end up moving to Evansville in time. Then you find local allies who can mm-hmm. throw some logs in front of the the walkers. Yeah, well, it is fun <laughs> when you find a, a Han Solo in J.K. Rowling, or you know, when you find the Bill Maher or somebody like that. Right. It is. I mean, this is not. You know, this doesn't make any difference whatsoever to Church of the King or our personal lives. But it is kind of fun, perhaps in a Schadenfreude sort of way. But I think also it's just kind of fun when you realize, oh, you have natural sympathy from the most weird, unexpected. Well, and the, then you have the opportunity to cultivate that, right? Like you want, I want the sheriff, I want the mayor, I want the chief of police, I want the the local district attorneys and judges. And you don't mean you want them like in our church? Of course you do, but of course what I you do. Mean is you, you want their sympathy? Yeah, I want them to know me, which which, oh. is, which I think is... and to know that I'm human and to see my kids and see Church of the King as a positive force for good in this community and to be willing to step in. Between us and simply turn a blind eye, turn a blind eye, everything from, you know, nullification to simple refusal to enforce anything that that could be potentially harmful to to Christians in in our community. I think that sort of thing will be one of the joys of the upcoming difficult years. And it's it's just one of those biblical meta narratives that. I really love that you see over and over and over again, you know, Daniel with the guy that's in charge of the food, Paul, again and again. Various jailers and rulers. Jailers, rulers. Festus. Yeah, you see these people where it's like, oh, actually Christians are really likable and winsome and they make the best citizens and they're weird and unusual and interesting. Maybe Caligula and Nero don't like them that much, but the sub-rulers almost always do. The the beauty of Christianity is it makes you harder control. Mm-hmm. And so as you move from governance to tyranny, Christians become one of the biggest threats always. Why? Well, you can't control Christians through their lusts and appetites because Christians aren't ruled by their appetites. You can't control them with money because they serve God and not money. You can't control them with the fear of death because you're not afraid of death. And so if your theory of governance is control, you can't control Christians. They don't. They submit to a higher authority than you, a higher king. And so they can't be controlled by their appetites. They can't be controlled by their fear of death. And they can't be controlled by a love of money. Those things are all absent from faithful Christians. 
Now, of course, they're not all absent. There are things that we all struggle and fight against, but it is what the gospel liberates us from. Mm -hmm. And that's what empowers us to be free. And if you happen to be someone who- To not be slaves, not not to sin, not to Satan, and not to this world or its rulers or principalities or powers or governing authorities. If you're someone who actually doesn't govern through control, but happens to be somebody who governs through like governing, then- what you quickly realize is, oh man, these people make me look really good. You know, the local right. sheriff, like, mm-hmm. hmm, who in this community do I not have to arrest? Who's not degraded? Who actually accrues well to me, <laughs> you know, when election time comes around? Who improves their the the community and, you know, raises the level, raises the standard? Who returns books to the library <laughs> exactly. on time? You know, whatever your level of governance is, <laughs> mm-hmm. who makes me look good? And, yeah. and it's, it is the story of Daniel and his three friends and all that. Oh, these guys are going to f- follow God's dictates, and they're going to look healthier than the other guys. And that's going to make me look good. And that's great. Okay, I'll take a calculated risk on these dudes. Yeah, and then you, you're standing in the middle. And it's like we said in a different episode, these people in these middle positions are looking at the Christians saying, guys, got your back, it's okay. I'm doing my best over here. And then looking up and saying, well, you know, I'm trying as hard as I can. And the Hebrew midwives are vigorous. And Yeah, yeah. Oh, darn, they got away again, kind of. <laughs> or not the Hebrew midwives, but the Hebrew women are the vigorous. Hebrew, that's what the Hebrew, <laughs> the Hebrew midwives, midwives said. should be more vigorous. It's what the, it's what the midwives said. Right, and, right. You know, or, and, you know, they're, they're smart and savvy. And, you know, and there's a lot of rules to enforce here, and we're just trying to keep our head above water. And here, look at our bottom line financially, and here, look at our crime rates. And on the whole, we're doing a pretty good job, wouldn't you say? We need people in those positions, and we need to pray for them. And that's part of why we have to pray for all of the authorities that God's placed over us. We're ruling and governing righteously as a lesser magistrate is going to be increasingly more challenging. Well, you guys have any other thoughts? There's a little bit of a grab bag of things as we move into this year. If you want to be free from fear, if you want to be free to live righteously and well, if you want to not be controlled by the government, if you want real liberty, you really do need to look to the gospel and to the kingdom of God. Submit yourself to it. You need to make what I said earlier be true of you. You need to conquer your appetites and your lusts. You need to free yourself from the love of money so you can serve God. You need to set your hope on heaven so that you're not worried about dying. Mm-hmm. All of those things are things that you should have always been doing because God is God. Heaven is real and so is hell. But for the Christian who's given himself to fight those fights and to embrace those truths, that's the, that's the one person today who's free. And that's the one person moving forward in an increasingly tyrannical, controlled state that's going to actually be able to live free. And have the excitement of seeing the contrast, the silver lining of having liberties taken away is that you're like, oh, good thing that wasn't all I had going for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm actually part of something that was always a lot better, and I got kind of distracted by the many blessings God gave me through decent working political arrangement. I'm sure everybody that's listening, or most people, if they have any self-knowledge and they hear Jake say all those things, they're like, well, I mean, at best, that's, I hope that's kind of me. I've been working on it by God's grace. I still got some appetites. I still kind of like money. Yep, of course you do. Of course you do. Pray and fight your sin. Trust God to give you grace when things get hard and help you. But, you know, you know Jesus says God trusts us with big things 
as we prove faithful with small things. What happens when big things come and you've not been faithful with small things? The big things sweep you away. And so every way possible that's still ahead of you to be faithful with the small things, be faithful with them as best as you can so that when the big things come, you're not swept away and not overcome by them. Be eager to prove yourself faithful in small things and to grow in your faithfulness with small things. It's entirely appropriate to motivate yourself that way. Oh, I'm not going to take another look at the hot chick that just walked past me because if I do that, I'll be more likely to crumble when they come for me. I am preparing myself for war here. I am in war already, whether I'm prepared or not. Yeah. Which means close the browser, make the little decision. You are always at war. You are always killing sin or sin was killing you. It's God's discipline of us that we've been lax in killing our sin. And so now he's going to bring external pressures where internal pressure should have been enough. But okay, there's external pressures. Great opportunity. Don't waste them. Don't waste any of the pressures that come to bear to cause you to pursue holiness. Don't waste any of them. Well, thanks for listening to The Sound of Sanity, folks. It's produced by me. Associate produced by Ben, executive produced by Jake and me. Go to patreon.com forward slash sound of sanity to support this work. And until next time, stay sane.